eat, sleep, suplex, retweet, unstrap, Hi everyone and welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We're joined by Gary, Kwaku and Strangton. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll have you know that the champ is here. Like Brock Lesnar making a one-off, highly paid appearance. <laughs> and much like when Lesnar shows up, no one cares. <laughs> highly paid. I've been producing this stuff for God knows how many episodes and I've not received a single dime how's this happened? put my foot in something yeah <laughs> <laughs> won't say where <laughs> gentlemen just uh, my brother Scott was on the show last week and bought Quacko a sausage roll he's not even <laughs> he wouldn't even tap me money for the bus for Christ's sake and he's bought a stranger a sausage roll for Christ's sake <laughs> hence why Scott is my favourite McLeod I tell the bark down in the household Nah, he's the best. <laughs> anyway, we're talking today, we're going to get you a wee bonus show. We had the Baromania preview yesterday, and today we're going to preview WWE's Greatest Royal Rumble. And first we're going to talk about controversy surrounding myself. So, I'll start with you, Gary. You've got a daughter, you've obviously, she, her favourite wrestler's Bailey. How do you feel about the show being held in a country where it's it's women are treated like second-class citizens. Yeah, it's interesting. I was listening to uh, Jim Ross's new podcast the other day, and he he was talking about this this very point. It's, I've got to be honest, it's not something I had given a great deal of thought to prior to, to hearing JR talk about it. It's just unfortunately something that uh, I just assume is part of the course when you have major sporting events happening in certain parts of the world. I mean, we've got the World Cup coming up in Qatar, haven't we? And that has, you know, that's going to open up a whole lot of social, social issues. There is, is this potential, you know, there's an argument to say that 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 this event going to Saudi is part of a, a concentrated effort to to change culture, but cultures don't change quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, is this going to help with that? I I don't know. I, I just, unfortunately, just something I chalk up to. You know when events happen in in certain countries that you unfortunately have have things like this. Yeah, yeah, sure. What about you, Quacker? What's your thoughts on it? See, I'm conflicted on it, but um, the the reason I'm conflicted on it is like, yeah, like countries do deserve uh, some form of a sports and a sports entertainment. In, in my opinion, countries do deserve a wrestling show, whatever. My issue with it is is that this is coming back off the year of the women's evolution and everything that's going on. We have had the first women's Royal Rumble. They headlined the Royal Rumble. You had more and more women matches at WrestleMania. Hell in a Cell, first ever women's matches, so on and so forth. And then you go to a country basically where women are not allowed to compete, first of all. And also the audience, women are not allowed to go there unless they're accompanied by male, and that's what I've been reading. But at the same time, it does send mixed signals with your marketing that we're, we're at the forefront for pushing women's sport and so on and so forth. It's just a bit of a bizarre one. The written statements from Triple H was a good one, but obviously that's there's a heavy bit of PR in it. So it's take what you want from it, really. That's, what that's my personal opinion on it, really. Yeah, you were saying about uh, women only being allowed to go uh, if they're accompanied by a man. I was reading here... It's family-only tickets for ringside in the first tier. It's uh, and they're only available in blocks of four. It has to be 
a man, a woman, and two children, and the top tier will be men only. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strack, do you think that's maybe playing up for the cameras to make it look good for, you know, they're starting to let tourists in, they're starting to allow more cinema films to come out there, they're starting to allow alcohol for tourists? Is this basically like a, a postcard sort of view, like, oh, come to us, no, it's fine, no, it's fine. It's sort of playing up for the cameras. I think it's, it's kind of designed to help both. It's going to be a case of, oh, look, we've done a, an event in, obviously over in the, the Middle East where mm-hmm. there's families there, there's big crowds, and it's going to then, if they want to go somewhere else, they've kind of go, oh, well, they're busy, they've got a lot of people, and it does look like a, fa- a friendly place. But as if they had all men, kind of, in the front rows and stuff like that, it would look a, probably a bit intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, the point with the women not being allowed to wrestle, honestly, in my opinion, it's their loss. Because yeah. look yeah, at exactly. the match with Asuka and Charlotte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to lose a match of that calibre. As people say, it's their kind of, it's their religion, it's their country, it's their rules. If that's what they, they say, then if you're somebody else's house, you can't change the rules. Yeah, no, exactly. The only thing you can either do is abide by the rules or refuse, refuse to go. So that's... Really, the only thing that can, that can be done about it. I think that's a great point, Strack. And uh, for me, when I watch when I watch Raw and SmackDown, the women's matches are the matches I sort of look forward to and enjoy the most. Uh, I think they're some of the most talented wrestlers that are there. So there's undoubtedly that there's a huge part of the show is going to be missing by not having that those talent talents on the card. Uh, they've also just announced that. Renee Young won't be hosting the pre-show. It'll actually be Byron Saxton as well. Obviously, the, the women's ban is across the board. Who's, who's going to be announcing then? It'll be... It's, uh, no, it's uh, Booker T, Jerry Lawler and JR. Although it did say they were commentating on the Rumble. I don't believe it said they were commentating on the whole event, so I'm not exactly sure. They're going to have to have multiple commentators because this show is going to be WrestleMania style in terms of the length, isn't it? And to yeah. have a three-man announced team do the whole thing is it's just too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've announced a one-hour pre-show and a five-hour main show runtime. Oh, well. As long as on the pre-show that that's American football ex-player from NXT TakeOver isn't on the panel, then it's, it'll be all right. But still, no really youngest. I don't know. It's like like Strack said, they're just missing out on a lot, and it's yeah. a shame because it's not even like a religion thing; it's more a culture thing within that area. And um, because you you find that in a lot, of predominantly Muslim countries, there are a lot of women heads of states in those countries, and a lot more than you would think. It's just a purely a culture thing, and it's just a shame. Yeah, it seems a lot of a lot of the Arab countries with certain aspects of the religion and. Let's be honest, Western countries, because let's be honest, women's revolution is still going on in Western countries. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. seems Saudi Arabia's sort of behind with the times. Yeah. Although they did announce when they announced this, it's part of a program called Vision 2030, a social and economical reform program. So here's hoping when the next couple of years the women do get a chance to perform this. I, I might be wrong with this, guys, but I, I have a memory that this this is part of the first part of a, a 10 year deal that. WWE's done with uh, with the authorities in, in Saudi, and one one would hope that that this is the first step they make, and perhaps if they do a show again next year, then or, or the year after, then we might see some of that changing. Let's see. It's it's I'm 
pleased that WWE, I can understand why WWE is doing this. I think commercially this must be incredibly lucrative to them. It's a market that they're probably not um, exploited all that much or broke into all that much. It's quite nice that they're doing uh, you know, a big show that's slightly different. I don't think we've, had, we've clearly not had anything like this before rather than just, you know, like when we used to get the special UK pay-per-views, mm-hmm. we got... We got, was it Rebellion with Vinnie Jones' special guest appearance? So they're certainly getting something that I would love to have here in the UK. So a bit jealous on that front. Yeah. Um, so it's a, and also it's going to be quite nice to actually be able to sit down and watch this live at 5pm. Yeah. The last time I really, and I mean properly enjoyed, a pay-per-view was both nights of the UK tournament and NXT TakeOver London. They started at 7 and ended at 10 both nights. And it was absolutely, it, it went by a breeze. Like you sat down to your dinner, it wasn't like, well, let's order pizzas to eat at two in the morning. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let's, oh, we're tired. Oh, let's have a few beers. Aye, that's not going to, that's not going to hurt us trying to stay up to 6 a.m. watching WrestleMania. <laughs> you Americans don't know how good you've got it. <laughs> so the first match we're going to talk about is probably the most, con- it's been billed as a glorified house show, sort of sort of like a beast for the East. It's been mentioned on TV, but it's not really. Backlash is still the focus. Rusev versus The Undertaker. Originally, Rusev tweeted when this got announced, bury me softly, brother. And WWE were worried about upsetting Undertaker and removed him and put Y2J in. The storyline then stated that Lana was allowing Rusev to fight and now the match is back on. And if they were worried, they were worried about him upsetting him before. Rusev tweeted a gif of SpongeBob SquarePants with a coffin, saying, "Get an old man." <laughs> <laughs> he just does not care, does he? Nah. <laughs> so, uh, I'll start with you, Strike. What's your thoughts on the the Jericho replacing him and then all that sort of stuff? Is this is this WWE kind of not knowing what to do with Rusev, or did they not really expect? Is, did they not expect a backlash like this? Well, for what I've heard, apparently it wasn't Lana, it was Michelle McCool was worried that Rusev might be a bit too stiff, a bit too over-vigorous and injured Undertaker again. Uh-huh. And that's why they this, this swapped for the replacement of Jericho, because he's a seasoned veteran, he's no too stiff, and he's not really as impactful like, hip-wise as he used to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they thought, we'll replace him with a safe option, he'll be fine, the injured Undertaker won't get injured and we can keep using him. But then obviously the backlash just came if people saying that they wanted Rusev, it would be made entertaining, it's not going to be a squash match, and I, I don't see why the WWE don't trust him. He's, I've never knew anybody to get injured, I might be wrong, but I've never knew anybody to get injured working with Rusev. No. No, well... You look at Rusev's finisher, it's the accolade, you know, he has to grab someone by the neck, sit on their back and arch right back. No one's ever been injured by it. And strike you, yourself, no, being a wrestler, that, you know, your back and your neck are the most at-risk things in a wrestling ring. I, I mean, it's the camel clutch, and if it's no... I mean, Scott Steiner's version of it was just really weak-looking because the guy was basically on his knees, so there's like, like, safe form of torque, nay, this could possibly be hurting them. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rusev's version is kind of, I used to do the camel clutch a few times. I think there's a forty medium one to Chris Renfrew. We shall tweet on our page. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it is a move you need to trust somebody today because if they sit on your spine and they lock under your chin and wrench back, you're you're looking at either a snap vertebrae 
a dislocated shoulder, believe me, that kind of, I've seen that happen, or possibly dislocating your jaw if they're pulling too hard in the front of your face. So, I don't know, as I say, I don't know why they don't trust him. It's, I've never, Seth Rollins is going to be in a ladder match. He's injured three people. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I just, I, I, don't, I don't know what their problem is. If they're, if they're wanting rid of him, just let him go. If they want to put him higher, put him higher. Stop keeping the boy in limbo. Yeah. Uh, Gary, what do you think about it? I mean, this match makes so little sense in so many ways. What, why a casket match? Uh, I mean, clearly it's just there for a gimmick. We've got a, a show that's absolutely stacked as it is. With the, we've got what, a cage match, a ladder match, 50-man rumble and a casket match. It doesn't need to be a casket match. Just a normal Undertaker match would be more than sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, why Rusev? Also makes little sense. I mean, they've been burying Rusev and SmackDown for long enough, so you know, literally bury them. <laughs> um, it, it just it, it makes little sense to me. Uh, there's plenty of people that Undertaker could have had a logical match with. Yeah, uh, this just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I mean, Kane's in the Battle Royal and Jericho as well. Like he wouldn't be affected by it at all. You know, he's already a legend. He's a part timer anyway. Uh, and as you said, it makes little sense considering the fact that he couldn't come out on a Raw to announce that he was fighting under uh, to, he was fighting John Cena at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's oh by the way, Vince McMahon has the power to just put Undertaker in matches. Like, well, where was this power a couple of weeks ago at WrestleMania? Yeah, <laughs> put something in the casket match that you would like to see actually end up in the casket. Um, yeah, well, there's going to be a, a heel somewhere. Or oh, even like Triple H finish off it. Yeah, or finish off the end of the era. <laughs> well, I'll give you an example for a few years ago. Uh, Beast in the East, they don't want anyone looking weak against Brock Lesnar. So they put Kofi Kingston. This is when New Day yeah. were most hated. They weren't over yet, they weren't tag champs yet. And they threw they threw Kofi in there. And basically it was like, oh, by the way, the Japanese crowd get to see Lesnar. Lesnar's on a pay-per-view and, you know, it's no one we care about at this moment getting hurt. Quacky, I'll ask you this one. Uh, the buried alive stipulation, Gary just said, they've been burying him for long enough. <laughs> Is that sort of a snarky middle finger to the fans? Uh, well, let's be honest, um, WWE are known for trolling and properly trolling fans. I mean, for example, with the whole, I always say this back because I had a sweepstake on it, uh, Royal Rumble a couple of years ago, when number 30 came out and it was Roman Reigns. And everyone, <laughs> uh, uh, number 30 is meant to be the thing that everyone gets hyped up for. And then just the disappointment when it was Roman Reigns that came out. And it's the only time I booed Roman, and it's because I had that on the sweet state. And uh, it's just another way of just, it's just tro- it's just uh, professionally trolling and just kind of leading on. And uh, to be honest, like, um, like I'm not, I'm not like angry at it in that sense. I'm just, more like there's no story to follow by it because I don't I can't even remember any time that Undertaker and Rusev have ever like even been in the same ring faced or whatever has that ever happened? No, he uh, Rusev so. came on the roster after WrestleMania 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, Undertaker made one appearance that till the next year that was at WrestleMania 31. There you then go. he was it was exclusively against Brock Lesnar. Uh, for the summer of 2015 mm-hmm. and then he had the Wyatt thing and then 
the Shane McMahon thing. Mm-hmm. And they've not they've they've not called each other out on Twitter mainly because Undertaker doesn't use Twitter. So it's like it's, it's just where's this come from? It just seems to me like something like they don't know what to do with Rusev. Rusev was meant to be hated with the whole Rusev day and no the fans actually like it because it's actually quite funny. And they just don't know what to do and they've just stuck it. They've just thought, oh, let's stick him in with Prestige, with The Undertaker in a casket match, but yet it just doesn't make sense. Well, it'd be a bit weird if Undertaker was using Twitter, because, I mean, we've mm. seen the problem we had trying to get this podcast off the air. <laughs> <laughs> We're each in our own homes, ladies and gentlemen, and mm-hmm. my Wi-Fi is shocking, so if Undertaker can get a signal for the grave and I kind of get one in Glasgow, I mean... Strike, do you think the buried life stipulations are finger to the fans? It's just, as you say, it doesn't. It, it seems to be with the, obviously with the rest, we're going to talk about the rest of the card, but it seems to be quantity over quality. Yeah, a fifty-man battle royal. They, they always say, "Oh, the person who survives number one and number two rarely win it." I'm sorry, but the person who gets number ten and number fifteen ain't gonna win it. Yeah, even, even <laughs> I mean, number thirty this year is usually a lucky number. You've still got another twenty guys behind you. Aye, so it's just. I get they're trying to make a big impression. I get they're trying to do something unique. When was the last casket match for Undertaker? It was... Was it Mark Henry one? Was it Mark Henry? Yeah. No, I think there's been... No, it was buried alive. Sorry, we came. Sorry. The Why? last casket match so was Mark, Mark Henry. Henry. And that was, what, 2006? Yeah, WrestleMania Almost 20 years ago. So it's like... If they wanted to make it a gimmick match, they should have just put Kane in it. They really yeah. should have Kane Undertaker in a casket match. Gimmick mm-hmm. match, it would have looked, that would have actually been better. It'd probably be funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly. they're just kind of... Do you think you maybe just put like, names of Tombola matches <laughs> and just spun it and then went, casket match with a... Rusev! <laughs> you, you're the winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Something else to think about, though, is... It probably won't happen here because it's a very casual audience that are watching the pay-per-view. But Undertaker's got a tendency to lose his speciality matches. Is this going to be a, a sort of swerve to annoy the fans? We were talking about Vince McMahon proper trolling everyone. Is he maybe at the wind-up? I'd be surprised. I don't <laughs> think so. After that, it's WrestleMania, Squash and Cena. I doubt it. Right. So we're all gone for the Undertaker on this one? Aye. Yeah, yeah. well, makes. It makes sense. If it makes logical sense, if you know what I mean. Yeah, can't see any other result other than the Undertaker winning this one. Next match on the card, the fifty man, because quantity is what's important here. <laughs> Royal Rumble. They've announced the winners just getting a trophy and not a title shot. Uh, Gary, does this lessen the match and make it seem more like a, like you know they used to have the Battle Royal at the Albert Hall and it used to always be the Bulldog that won it for the big UK pop. Does this make it seem just like a glorified house show? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I I was really excited when this got announced because who doesn't love a Royal Rumble and the fact that potentially get three Rumbles in one year um, was great. But this one seems to, for me at least, it's lost a bit of momentum. You know, it got announced and, and I think it, when I was looking earlier on, I think there was 24 names announced for the Rumble. It's, it's always one of the highlights of the year in the WWE calendar. Who's going to be in it? Who's the surprise he's going to be? Who's coming back? Who's debuting? Well, pretty much everybody with a pulse is going to be in this rumble. <laughs> this time. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I do think yeah, it would make sense that the the person that wins the greatest ever Royal Rumble should go on to get a title shot. And it's not like there's any shortage of pay-per-views that need booking mm-hmm. coming up. To me, it would make complete sense for whoever wins this to, to go on and get a title shot. Can't even think why they're not doing it. Yeah, uh, Strack? As I said before, I think it's kind of like how many people we can pack into our, our matches we possibly can, like WrestleMania. I mean, has anybody seen this trophy yet, though? Have we... Um, they kind of had it on turn raw. It looks like it just looks shiny and big, really. <laughs> it looks like one of those. Not how and like, sorry if you don't follow football, but uh, whenever we get like these crappy tournaments, no one cares about, like the Super Cup or the the Confederations Cup. It looks like one of them. It's just a thin silver thing with a gold statue at the top. Right, because mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the women's battle, the the first annual women's memorial battle royal. That was at WrestleMania, and the Andre one, whatever they sprayed that way was like a cheap six ninety nine plastic coat, <laughs> gold spray paint. Just looks so bland and tacky, and I'm like, what is this trophy going to look like? So yeah, it's just well, I can't see any returns. To be honest, I can't see any like legends going to win this. Well, there is actually we've announced a few names. We'll get to that in a wee sec, but uh, yeah, well. Uh, Kwaku, what about you? Do you think it lessens the result? Yeah, the like, I'll still get excited because I love a rumble. Like, I just love the whole countdown. Like, the the thing that I love about wrestling is it's just a glorified, basically, way of walking into a room. I love the entrances and stuff like that. Hence why I love the whole pyro and stuff like that. By the way, if there's no pyro at this thing, I'll be raging. Because that's <laughs> okay. a... That's a, that's a, in a year for 10 years. I want to at least see a few sparklers. I want yeah. to at least Gilberg level in. Exactly. Like, I don't care. I just want something. I don't care if somebody's holding a light or a can of deodorant. I just want something. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's just um, I just like the whole spectacle of it. Like um, it would have been nice if somebody got like a title shot at like maybe SummerSlam or something like that, which is like the next big pay per view event that's going to happen. Really, I would have liked if that was going to happen. But if what they get is a trophy and a wee bit of a brag about it, then. But that at the same time that kind of throws open the thing that you need to look at it from a different angle is that. Um, because it's not, you don't get like a title shot, it throws open as to who can win it, so it's going to be so unpredictable, really. Mm-hmm. Well, note he put the fear of God into Strack here, and not to annoy Scott, who'll be listening to this. But do you know whose parents were originally from Saudi Arabia? No. Mojo Rawley. Uh... There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Him and a surprise entrant who'll be in it, the recently added to the Hall of Fame, Mark Henry, mm-hmm. have been doing a press tour, and they've all been focusing on Mojo Rawley because his parents, I think, his father was born there, and then his mother and father lived there for a few years, and then came to America. Interesting. I had to see he was at the tri, like the. The performance centre tryouts. He was there visiting all the tryouts that were there. So interesting theory. Yeah, and the one winner of that tryout is going to get a space in the rumble, aren't they? Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, what what a wonderful thing to do to someone who's learnt basic wrestling training. Throw them into a battle royal with forty nine <laughs> other people. Look at that. <laughs> <computer. laughs> well, strike you. 
you trained, how di- you've been in a, a Scottish version of a Royal Rumble, the battle zone. How difficult is that? Is that sort of match to be in? It's, I mean, it's kind of you, you've got. It's going to be a kind of thing we need to watch your back every direction because, I mean, the last battle royal I was in for Battle Zone, um, I snapped the nerve in the back of my leg and was paralysed in one one of my legs. Ouch! Um, <laughs> I've got big Johnny Mosty. Thanks for looking after me because. <laughs> and now he's a trainer, ain't he? Aye, um, <laughs> big Mosty looked after me when that happened. Um, and everybody else just took liberties. I got booted in the ribs three times by somebody, um, and they knew I was injured. So um, it's one of the things where you need to, you need to have a kind of level. You know what you're doing, what you're expecting, and who you're going to be in there with because you're going to get guys who will be all right with you, and you're going to have guys who are just going to stuff the absolute life out of you. Mm-hmm. Right, well, and that's not exactly ideal for someone who's just because there's not really a big wrestling scene over there. It's not going to be ideal for someone who's basically learned the fundamentals. I think they're going to kind of get in there, get get stiffed by somebody, and actually forget what they're doing. And I think it's going to be a fight, and it wants to be dragged out. I don't know what they're thinking, what they're thinking behind it is, because I mean, we've seen the gender mahal thing. The Indian market, much like the Saudi Arabian market, they don't have a lot of access to forms of wrestling, the likes of Ring of Honor, ICW progress, like we do, and they only like the big stars. They basically like it's. Who do you tell? Who, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? And, they, and then they're, they're big on Roman Reigns at the moment. They are massive on Roman Reigns and they booed Jinder Mahal out of the building. Mm. And he was meant to be the homecoming hero. So I don't know what they're thinking going to a casual market and putting someone's fair there that they've never seen wrestle before and expecting them to get a cheer. No one's going to care. But I think the problem with Jinder is they, they went, oh, it's, it's kind of condescending because. Jinder Mahal, as much as he's Asian descent, he's Canadian born. Yeah. That's like somebody being lit. The, the, remember the WWE had the Highlanders years ago? Oh, <laughs> right, they weren't Scottish in the slightest, but that's them bringing the. Oh, no, they, they were for open. Were they? Yeah, they were for open. Oh, they were, sorry, they were that terrible, I thought they were a gimmick. <laughs> but, but anybody like somebody who's obviously somebody should go on a, a descent for Ireland or somebody who's got a descent for Germany or something like that and they take them back there and they're born in America raised in America and they go oh your hometown hero no it isn't yeah it, it ain't the same it's mm-hmm. local yeah. luck yeah they're like the like John Barrowman he puts a kilt on whenever it suits him <laughs> <laughs> you're American John mm-hmm. Canadian. Anyway. But anyway. <laughs> well, that's, that's closer to America than Scotland is for Christ's sake. <laughs> right. Uh, right. We talked about Mark Henry being in the Rumble and we talked about a few surprises being announced. They announced that Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, the returning Rey Mysterio, Shane McMahon, and are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. The Great Cali. Yes. Are all be in this Battle Royal. Are we all looking forward to the triumphant return of the great Cali? Well, maybe Randy Orton will get get some revenge and whilst he puts the rest of the audience to sleep. <laughs> oh, I've that in prison match. Oh, thanks for that, Gary. Take my belt You're and welcome. take my sanity. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, so is there any names there? Shane, Mark Henry, Jericho, Angle, Cali and Rey Mysterio. Is there any names anyone's particularly excited to see? Ray. Ray and Jericho for me. Yeah, it's always great to see Jericho back, yeah. isn't it? Jericho's my favourite all-time wrestler. Like, 
He's above rocks, Austin. Everyone for me. Yeah, he's up. He's up there with me as well. I, I actually never really liked him until I read his first two books, and then uh, learning about everything he's went through and all that. Sort of, but dragged me into. I was such a Jericho fan. I pretended to hurt my ribs just like he always hurt his. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we've got Kurt Angle. It's nice to see him in a match like the Rousey match, like the Survivor Series match, where it's there's no so much pressure on him because as much as we'd love him to be 2001 Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. he's just not that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. He's too beat up. He's a Jim Cornette said this. I can't believe I'm agreeing with him, but. They need to stop relying on the older guys. Yeah. I think, I think it's fine that this match when there's 50 guys in it. I think, yeah. you know. I obviously, we need to kind of make up the spaces. But at the yeah. same time, I mean, this is, I mean, we've done the show about WCW. That was kind of the point. They relied so much on Hogan, Macho Man, Perfect, Flair, mm-hmm. oh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, all these older guys that they started to burn out and they started to break down. Was WWE made the newer guys who brought them up? So you you got a point there because it's not as if uh, WWE are lacking in talent at the moment. I mean, just look at NXT alone. I mean, NXT uh, roster alone can can sell out, in my opinion, can sell out an arena and so on, and, and they do. And that's what I mean. It's just mm-hmm. you don't need. I, I know we all love Kurt Angle. We all love Triple H. Mm-hmm. Undertaking things like that, but there's right. a kind of point where we need to go. Right, these right. guys are it's done. We need to kind of move on. Well, it's it's what they want as well. Anyone who follows any sport, rugby, football, American football, there is a time, you know, when it, a player just becomes a bit too old. He loses his speed. He loses his touch. He loses something, and it's a case of right. We've got somebody else waiting in the wings. It's time for you to go. Thanks for your service, but it's time to go. It's step aside that I can agree to get the new guys a spot because I mean I'm a massive RVD fan. I am a huge RVD fan. To a point when I first started wrestling, I copied ninety percent of his moves. <laughs> but see now, I don't think I would want to see him back in the WWE. Yeah, because the, R- the RVD you'd see back in WWE is not the RVD mm-hmm. that we know. Because that guy is is ten years older now, or however many years older. So it's, it's kind of, as much as it sucks, you kind of need to just look to the new generation. Yeah, exactly. So to end up this conversation, uh, I'll just ask you guys, uh, who's winning the Royal Rumble, uh, Gary? The last time Daniel Bryan was in the Royal Rumble and he didn't win it, all hell broke loose and Rey Mysterio's never been forgiven for this. And Rey Mysterio's in this Rumble again. Um, Can you imagine if they just take Bryan out it and put Rey Mysterio out at 50? Yeah. Bring him in at 50, just for a laugh. Uh, no, I'm going to go for Daniel Bryan as my pick to win this. No worries. Quacko? Oh, now you're asking. Because you said the whole thing about Mojo Rawley, it doesn't seem impossible. Another name I'd like to throw in there is maybe Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's a show. And uh, Strack? Uh, I just, it's going to be a minute, I think one of the popular guys, it's going to be one of the, the well-known names. It's like your Jericho's, your Orton's, your kind of something like that. It's going to basically be. I would want to say Daniel Bryant, but I don't. I know the title doesn't really mean much to winning this because you don't get a title shot. But it does there seem much point to put it on him? So it's going to be something that's going to make the crowd happy, basically. So I, I, I really, I couldn't make a guess. Well, I'm going to go with 
because it's a casual audience and because he's the biggest star and a lot of stars are going to have to do double duty, I'm going to go John Cena. One thing I will say, I'll be interested to see how the crowd kind of reacts to certain things. Yeah, well we'll get into that when we talk about Brock Roman in a wee minute actually. Mm-hmm. Speaking of my pick to win the Rumble, uh, we've got John Cena Triple H next. Uh, I'll start with you, Quacko. Is this just a glorified casual name? I know I keep saying glorified house show, but is this just a, oh look, big star match? Yeah, it was like, okay, on paper, yeah, it's a great match and everything. Like, I know it'll be good to kind of see this match because we haven't had, we haven't had like Triple H, uh, John Cena uh, in a match like in, in quite a while, so it'll be quite cool to see that again. But it's just again, it's just like I like I like stories behind wrestling matches. I don't just like wrestling matches put together because of the sake of it kind of thing, um, yeah. and that's why things like uh, I always like my NXT things like Gargano Champa. Mm-hmm. Worked so well, even though Champa was out injured for most of the time during the feud. The feud was st- as still will go down as one of the best of all times in terms of feuds and stuff like that, and produced a great match. Um, this one, I just don't know. It's, it's it's like I'm excited to see it, but not excited for like uh, just for the wrestling content to be. But it's just the things behind it. I just didn't get where it came from. Yeah. Uh, Gary? Yeah, Quack is right. There's there's a number of matches on this show that don't have a- any logic to them, any any reason for fans to invest in them, other than in this case, all we've got here are, are, are two, two big stars that haven't been near each other in a WWE ring for how long? Um, night on Raw, it was eight years since the last Eight season. years, yeah. Eight years. Um, heading into this match, I think Cena needs needs a big win. He's um, his most recent run. He's probably lost more big matches than he's won. So I think Cena probably needs a needs needs a good showing here. Yeah, well, that was actually my next point. Uh, so you're talking about there's no storyline. I'll come to you one with this one, Strack. Does Cena lose after the take of squash? Or does he win to build on the popularity in that market? See, I think, I think that, that what I'm trying to do is look at this kid, look at a show, not as a WWE fan or not as a wrestler, as a casual yeah. viewer, mm-hmm. and it is a match. It's just flung together to be, oh look, look what we've got. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not. There's no. There's no storyline built behind it. There's no rivalry. There's no animosity. There's nothing. It's just basically going to be. Two big names, they'll have a, I'm going to say, a 12-15 minute match, no very technical, a few bumps here and there, and then they go home and it'll probably be Cena going over. So, do you think he wins? Uh, Kwaku, do you think he just wins? I don't know why, but I have a feeling Triple H may take it. I suppose so, they are actually, they're both massive stars in the casual market. Uh-huh. And Triple H is kind of like the driver force and... Uh, the international development of WWE, so it kind of makes sense, like because when you look at the live tours, the f- the things that he's been involved in, you see that he's mainly been winning. I mean, he beat Jinder Mahal in India, and that was meant to be Jinder Mahal's homecoming and everything. But yet Triple H won. He's always been the thing of like, oh, he does a dance at the end, but then beats up the guy that's teaching him how to dance. So. <laughs> 
just, I just think, uh, I, I just think from that to keep the consistency, I just think Triple H may take it, especially because he, like he, when when it comes to our shows, the last thing he kind of won was, um, okay, obviously the Royal Rumble, but then the match against Sting, everything else he's been losing that. I mean, he lost to Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle there. So, but it seems on like the house live shows he's been winning. So I'll go with that one. Uh, Gary, yeah, seen as my pick for this match, I think Quacko makes a, a great argument for it. I, I don't know how popular Cena is in Saudi. I imagine he's he, he's very popular, and if WWE's going to try and build something over that area of the world, then then Cena might be one of the guys that people get behind. Jesus, Gary, don't sound too excited about this match. John Cena, <laughs> Triple H, two up-and-comers here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, uh, I've spent, if Stephen Wilson was on this pod tonight, he'd be able to tell you the amount of nights that we'd sat up to 4am and left absolutely furious that Cena <laughs> won. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Well, we'll, we've got our predictions there. Um, we'll move straight on to our next match. Uh, speaking about people that you're furious that have won, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. So I'll just a quick yes or no. Are we happy Brock Lesnar resigned? No. Yes. <laughs> meh. So Stevie's meh, Quacko's no, Gary's yes. Right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll leave that discussion for another time because I think that's a good 10-15 minute conversation right there. Mm-hmm. Quick question for you. Uh, I'll start with Strack. This is the casual audience we're talking about again. Sorry if MDF Saudi Arabia is listening. I doubt they will be, but you know, it sounds like I'm pure talking to them. This is the casual audience. You just don't get as much wrestling as we do, you know. We're numb yet now. We're smarky. What if Roman Reigns gets booed here in the casual audience? What happens then? I really can't see that happening. Yeah, I won't. really can't yeah. see that happening. <laughs> it's fair enough. Because, I mean, the thing you need to remember is they're casual to this, so when they see a show, and they're told to cheer somebody, That's the, and he's built up to be the good guy, that's what they're going to see. Whereas you say, we're off a smarky, we've got Twitter, we have Facebook, and people for the US and the UK discuss their comments, and we see that people don't like Roman Reigns, so that's why we boo him, because it's kind of getting forced down our throats. You need to like him, you need to like him, you need to like him. Whereas over there, kind of, they're not getting it as much, so it's kind of, they'll take to him better, because they're not getting it as much as we possibly are. Fair enough. Uh, Gary, which, do you think Roman will get booed here? No, No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I'm intrigued to see where this goes, because when you've got a card with, what, seven titles on the line, and what you were right to say earlier on, it's a glorified house show, but when you've got seven, seven uh, titles on the line, at least one of them's got to, well, one of them will change hands with the tag, the vacant tag titles, but it's got to be a couple of title changes here, I think, and does Roman come away with the victory here? Well, with the rumour of the contract that we're getting here is that they're asking for a title change. They're asking, I don't know if it's like we want at least one title change, or if it's like we want the big title changed. Yeah. It's like when Triple H had the world title, that title was two years old, but it was the big title because it was all. This is the big title because it's on Brock and it's on Raw. Yeah, I would be surprised to see the Universal title change hands here. So we're also heading to the period where Brock usually goes away for a little rest as well, that post WrestleMania period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So you've got Brock winning? Roman winning. You've got, oh, you've got Roman winning? Yeah. Well, that was my next question, does Roman win? I've asked Gary. <laughs> Quacko, Spike, do you use of Roman winning? Aye. Yeah. So that kind of, usual having Roman winning kind of negates my my next question. My next question would be Brock win and beat Punk's record because we've seen before with likes of Demolition and AJ Lee that when w- you fall out with WWE or you put a lawsuit in with WWE, they take everything away for you that they can. They've taken AJ's title reign away. They've taken Demolition's title reign away. Do they take Punk's away, uh, Strack? As I say, I think because it's the universal title, they won't... The people say, oh, but it's not the world title. He's the yeah. longest reigning Universal Champion, not the longest reigning WWE Champion. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, the, the current the, the record Punk broke was Hart, was Brett, and yeah. I think if they try, the, the only person they can really, I think, believably have the title for the WWE title for that long would be AJ. But the people will say, "Oh, Brock Lesnar's the longest reigning Universal t- Champion, but not the the World Champion." But I mean, I think Rude, Bobby Rude, when he was in TNA. He had a, a long title reign, which I think actually surpassed Punk. But they will say, "Oh, it's the longest TNA champion." There will always be people running about it. Punk's reign was four hundred and thirty-four days. I, I, I think uh, Thingwees as well. Uh, Roods went from just after Bound for Glory, which is in October, and it went to round about July time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so August time, sorry, at Destination X, he get beat by Austin Aries. So was it under a year? It was under a year, yeah. I thought it was longer than a year. No, because no, uh, Bound for Glory, I think, Aries lost to Jeff. Aye, because it was Bobby Roode, James Storm, hit him with a bottle, um, got the title a week later, and then Austin Aries used the exhibition title as like money in the bank yeah. to cash in for a title shot. And then a month later, they took the title off Aries and gave it to Jeff. Yeah, it was Jeff Hardy's Redemption, part 8 of 84. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Quacko, do you believe Punk's reign is getting broken, or do you think they're taking it off of broad pay-per-view? See, I never actually thought about it until you kind of mentioned it, but now that you're kind of mentioning it, that's the thing I like. I like being challenged on my thinking or what I've not thought about. So... I, I can't see exactly where you're coming from. Um, however, the weird thing is, you, you, you do hear, um, like, WWE have this thing where they, they like to cut out, they, they can easily cut you out of something uh, if they don't like you, but they are still mentioning CM Punk on, like, the network and so on and so forth. There are wrestlers that they don't mention, or, like, as if they've never wrestled in a WWE ring before. So it's just a... It's just, is this a weird one, really? Maybe. To who knows? We could always see. And Gary? Uh, no, I th- I don't think so. Uh, I think for Brock to beat that record, he's going to have to be around a bit, quite a bit longer, and I can't see that happening. I think they need, you know, they don't need Brock on the show every week, and therefore they don't need the Universal title on the show every week, but the Universal title does need to start to be defended a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time to change that up exactly and the, the thing about a title reign see if you beat even if you beat the title reign people will look at how many times it's been defended uh, i can't tell you off the top of my head how many times it's been defended but can you honestly say it's as much as cm punk defended it uh, he is currently at five defenses he defended against joe 
then the Fatal 4-Way at SummerSlam, then Braun, then a triple threat at the Rumble, and then he beat Roman at WrestleMania. Exactly, five times. Um, five, five times in just over a year. So, see, that's what people would be comparing it against next. Um, so one, one thing I will say, though, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, mm-hmm. he did have a six-match against AJ Styles. Yeah. And he needed the title to be in that match anyway, so... We could kind of cut him some leeway with that, considering how good the AJ match was. True, but that that's like Harry Kane finding the uh, trying to find <laughs> trying to claim that goal. Though, really, <laughs> you're really clutching our straws in that one. But I, I know what you mean. But yeah, still. <laughs> Any American listeners are a bit confused. When did Kane score a goal? Through help. Uh, right, so we'll move on from one world title match to the next. Uh, AJ Styles Nakamura. It was a bit of a disappointment at WrestleMania. It was a good match, but did WWE hype it too much, Strack? I think what happened with the AJ Nakamura match is it was a good match, but they burned the crowd out. Yeah. This match should have been the main event. This should have been the last match of the night. And people shouldn't be sitting through a six, seven hour show. It's just, people, I mean, I've, I've took my nephew to wrestling shows and we get there at half seven, the show kicks off at half seven, see come half past nine, he's burned out, so see when the main event's about to kick off, he done it with a show I took him to, and the two guys who one I've knew for a long, long time, and the other guy who's a young up-and-coming guy who's a really good wrestler, they two were in the main event title picture, and he couldn't care less, he yeah. could not have cared he was slouched in his seat, kind of looking about. Just and I, was like, I said to him, actually, I said, listen, I know we're at the show, it's not finished. Do you want to get him? And he, he just said, aye. I said, mm-hmm. right, it's your night. You, we're here for you to get to the show. If you want to go, we'll just go. And he fell asleep in the back of the motor. It's not he was tired, but you're doing a show for so long, you can't keep everybody interested all the time. So that was what was the, the, the downside of the AJ match. It should have been an amazing match. I think AJ Nakamura kind of felt that. This crowd burnt out, so there's really much point in absolutely tearing the place down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary? Yeah, the guy's right. I mean, I was, I was burnt out during this match and I was sat on my <laughs> sofa watching it. <laughs> um, and granted, I had Stephen Wilson for company. That's probably why you're a burnt out. He's boring yeah. as hell. Uh, <laughs> uh, Who even needs Stevie? It's not even as if this is his podcast. <laughs> he, he, he was a fan of making you every chance he gets. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> like to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that the the live crowd at WrestleMania needed a break before they got onto that match. They needed to do something different, um, and that that killed. I, th- I have no doubt that if the crowd had been more into the match, the guys would probably listen to it a bit more. Do, do we need to see this match already? Uh, no, not for me. I'd be quite happy to wait a wee bit longer to see the the, the story unfold. Uh, will will AJ and Shinsuke make up for um, for the lacklustre performance last time? Knowing these two competitors, they probably will want to put on a really great match. So I'm sure they will have a good match at this. Uh, for me, I would be quite happy to wait a wee bit longer, let the story unfold before we see it. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not complaining that we're going to get to see it. I'll be intrigued to see how it goes and how um, Shinsky's heel turn plays out on this on this one. 
Well, that was actually one of my next points. Uh, the heel v face dynamic. It's the classic sort of wrestling. It's it's wrestling's bread and butter. Do you think this will work better, Kwaku, than just the it's a dream match? Please watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's at least building up a bit of a rivalry, like, um, and that's why I do like, like, uh, um, and also how it's been played out with Nakamura, um, like doing it in a snidey way of like he's denying what he's doing, and yeah. when he's really just being cocky about it, quite literally yeah. cocky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to face hand to boss exactly. So. <laughs> Let's just hope that AJ Styles is invested in some form of a jock strap like Road Dog did back in King of the Ring 1999. <laughs> Speaking of King of the Ring 99, you'll hear that on our live show next week. Oh. There you go. We plug there. We plug. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're talking about his snidey behaviour. The, the fact that he can speak, you know, for someone whose English is, set, is his second language, he can speak mm. perfect English. His heel run as well, just it's so it's so easy, easily done. It's so simple that I don't speak English and that's how he avoids all I blame. hope that does become a t shirt like he's requested. <laughs> See, that's the thing we I was talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. All it takes is you know how the mainstream certain parts of the mainstream media mm-hmm. like to vilify wrestling. Yeah. All it takes is one person to be wearing that and you know, there's idiots in every sport and every hobby. All it takes is one person to be wearing that at some place where they shouldn't be wearing it, and then all of a sudden it's, it's you've got a Mohammed Hassan situation on your hands, yeah. where it's not the guy's fault, but something's happened and it's a case that, nope, out the door. Mm-hmm. So I think we're best staying clear of that. <laughs> Strack, <laughs> what's your thoughts on Nakamura's heel run so far? Honestly, I think I was the only person at WrestleMania that kind of was happy he heel turned. Because... Yeah, I think we all were. I think we were on board with him. But Nakamura was a heel in Japan for the best part of his career, and yeah. the Kinshasa is a is a heel move. It's yeah, basically it's running and firing your shin and it's somebody's face. Yeah, it's not like a rock bottom or something like that. It's no, it's a brutal. It's like a punt kick. It's Randy Orton's punt kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a basically a knee to the skull, or sorry, a shin to the skull, and him being a heel is going to make it so much better because he's. Good at being a heel, it can, like, it can be a better heel here than he can in Japan, because mm-hmm. he can wind up the American audience. Like as we're saying, he keeps denying what he's done, or he sees he doesn't say anything done wrong, or when he gets a bit in depth question, he just smiles and says, "Me don't speak English," and walks away, <laughs> just to wind people up, because that's yeah. you know yourself. You've argued with somebody, and they just make a smart, smart comment and then walk out. That's the worst thing, mm-hmm. because it's they're not giving you an answer. They're just walking away, and yeah. it winds people up until I, I think they'll do with Shinsuke is it wind people up, wind people up, wind people up, and then imagine the heat that he'll get for being heel, and then they put the, if the day ever put the title on him, they'll be choking for everybody to get this title off him, and if he just keeps doing it, that the, nobody can get this for him. And he's a mega heel, a bullet Jericho again. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a good point, Strike. So Gary, what's your thoughts on Naka's heel run so far? Yeah, I, I, I agree with the point the guys made a minute ago about they need, something needs to be done with Nakamura. He since he came onto the new roster, 
He's been suffering from the curse of Dolph Ziggler. He's been cold <laughs> as anything. Had to get that in. Um, well, uh, before you go that route, I mean, let's hope Drew McIntyre breaks the curse of Dolph Ziggler. Well, I think we're all hoping and praying for that, mm-hmm. aren't we? Um, uh, but yeah, he's been—he's not been the same on the main roster. So something needed to happen with him. Something different needed to be happening. And I'm really happy to see how this this one plays out. Fair enough. So just a quick roundtable. I've got Nakamura winning. Uh, Gary? I think Nakamura will win, but the title won't change hands. So you've got DQ finish Nakamura yeah, wins? Yeah, something like that. Well, you put your belt on the line for that? No. <laughs> not not for a house show. The, the Brock Lesnar of the <laughs> SSR. <laughs> not for a glorified house show. Uh, Kwaku, AJ or Nakamura? AJ retaining, but how it happens, I don't know. Okay, and strike AJ on Nakamura. I'll, I'll see with that yet again. We're kind of thinking this is wrestling fans, no casuals and WWE white impresses. I think AJ will retain clean, um, and maybe a cheap shot again for Nakamura. See, I've got both titles changing hands for the simple fact you're saying we're not thinking as a wrestling fan. We're trying to think how the casual audience thinks. WWE are just making strides in that uh, community. So if they say, oh, by the way, we're going to be here every year for 10 years, and oh, look, the first time we came to you, both world titles changed hands. You know how every once in a blue moon, a title changes in a house show? Mm-hmm. It's sort of that thing. I think it's the anything can happen in the WWE. I think they're trying to sell that to the Saudi crowd at the minute. Oh, Ross, you're peeking through the curtain. Oh, I know. <laughs> Such a smart. <laughs> but so we're going to skip a couple of matches because the United States title has just been put on Jeff Hardy, who's now on SmackDown. Oh, Ross, just before you move on from this one, can I just moan about this for a minute? Why is he fighting gender? They've just had the shake up. They're on different shows. I hate it when they do that. I think it's sort of the, they used to do with Night of Champions. Night of Champions was the show before the. After the draft, so you'd have Ron Smackdown and ECW guys all in like multi-man matches. And it was like, the title can go anywhere. It sort of kept the momentum going. But it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to stay where it is. I know. They should so, keep the brand. If they're going to do this brand separation, they should stick to it. Mm. So, it annoys me. A simple yes, no for everybody. Jeff Harder retains. Yes. 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 Yeah. But one yeah. thing I will say, what a career Jeff Hardy's had. Because, like, you always think of him as tag-teaming with Matt and everything, but when you look at the number of championships and now he's fully-fledged Grand Slam winner again, it's just yeah. brilliant. Uh, we're also going to skip the Raw tag titles because they're called the Raw tag titles and the bar are on SmackDown now. So, simple yes or no, uh, Bray and Matt winning? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The deleter uh, of worlds. The deleter Great of worlds. Great name. <laughs> And we've also, oh, sorry, I nearly knocked myself at the pod there. <laughs> uh, we also have 205 Live have a match. There's the Cruiserweight title being defended. However, at time of recording, we don't know who number one contender is going to be. Uh, there'll be a gauntlet match featuring Drew Gulag, Mustafa Ali, Tony Nice, and two names to be announced. Uh, Buddy Murphy is in line to be the next contender, although he's not made weight in storyline. So it looks like Cedric retains either way, so we can sort of skip that match. <laughs> but it will be a great match, though, because it, it it, 205 is killing at the moment. 205 is killing at the moment. I think they'll just have Ali and... Uh, I was about to say Ali and Mustafa. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think we'll just have Ali and Cedric have another 10 minute match again. And but I do it, hope um, some of the UK folk gets involved in that gauntlet match. Yeah, you're so. Or, or a return of uh, the big the big man himself, Noam Dar. No, oh, an ICW original for right here mm-hmm. in Glasgow. Exactly. <laughs> right, so our next match, there's not much really to talk about. It's the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos. What's, what's your thoughts so far on the Bludgeon Brothers, Quacker? It's just weird, like, um, I do think, like, what they do is, I mean, it's great, like, that whole powerhouse kind of thing. I, I, I do like that whole thing, but maybe it's just a, too much of an attempt to put them over. Because, see, before they came, before they had the title shot, like, uh, okay, yeah, they did beat up Usos and New Day in quite a big fashion, but still, like, it was just the whole thing of they were fighting people that they even have a full phone uh, WWE contract so it's kind of hard to buy into the momentum until they, they beat up uh, Usos and New Day kind of thing. I'm undecided on it, I just want to see I want to see what their title run is like before I can have an opinion really and that's yeah. the fairest thing I can say about them at the moment. Yeah, they've been on the roster just over six months neither of them were in the Rumble they've had two feuds, one against the Ascension who haven't won a match since me young was 26 <laughs> and they beat the fashion police who had been off tape like the fashion police's relevance at that point i still like them but mm-hmm. they'd been off tv for about two months Breezango uh, as in yeah Breezango fashion police whatever you like to call them they've, mm-hmm. they've got a bit of it. it's like the club they're called the club the bullet club the good brothers gallows and anderson <laughs> like what the hell uh yeah, so they've had two feuds in six months, and then they came in and leathered the new day in there. So was, I like their gimmick, but I think so much more can be done with Strack. I mean, I like the repackaging. Don't get me wrong. I, I did kind of. I know they were separated for the Wyatts, and I'm looking at that's what I try maybe get away from. But this, this, the stuff they wear now is quite gimmicky. That's the only thing. I, I think with the what Harper used to wear, just the jeans and the vest. Uh, Rowan in the boiler suit, they kind of looked a bit more realistic in that. The Usos have got so much better since they got heel turned. They're kind of a lot more smash mouth, which honestly suited them down to the ground. With this match, I'll probably say the Bloodrums to retain, but I can't see them changing the titles or name so quickly. No, I mean, I don't. Uh, Gary, Bludgeon Brothers to retain. Yeah, I think so. It'll be interesting to see the sort of longevity that the Bludgeon Brothers under this gimmick have. I think Harper and Rowan are great. We've not seen that they actually are great wrestlers since they've been repackaged. They've been rolling over everybody. Smackdown in the shake-up, they got, the tag division got a real boost in the bar, the club, insanity about to all come in line there, so there could be better things ahead hopefully with the Bludgeon Brothers when they go into some of those matches. Yeah, I think who what happens with the Usos? Usos have been the only team on SmackDown. I think as good as they are, I think they only had the titles for as long as they did because there really was no one else. Um what's next for the Usos? Who do they feud with next, uh, Gary? Well hopefully not the new day. Uh, no, no. I actually thought the Usos would have benefited from going to Raw in the shake-up. Yeah, um, definitely. 
So it's who they're going to put straight into the feud with the with the Bludgeon Brothers is probably the question, and then whoever's left over will probably feud with with the Usos. I can't imagine Sanity will go straight into that um, into that mix with the club challenge straight away for the titles. See, I've got a thing. I think this is just me fantasy booking again. So like, normally, if it all turns out to be rubbish, I've got a feeling uh, Bludgeon Brothers. I think Bludgeon Brothers are retaining. I think New Day will want a one-on-one redemption. Mm. And they'll be cost by Sanity. And Sanity and New Day will tear the house down great six-man tags. That's a point. I would, I, think, I would be happy with that, Ross. And I think the Usos will start feuding with the bar. They'll be like, whoever went... Like, would we complain? We've seen the Usos in the bar tear it up at two Survivor Series in a row. Would we complain with like a best of three series just to like get one of them into the tag division, uh, into the tag title shot? I think I think what they need to kind of do is they need to build up their tag teams again because they've done that with like Jeff and Matt. They've done it with the Dudleys. They've done it with Edge and Christian, and the the bar are built up really really high. The thing at WrestleMania just didn't help them at all. But the Usos, I mean, the the Hell in a Cell match with the New Day, I thought was brilliant. Was oh, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Properly, and I mean, as we say, they've done Survivor Series. They came together, and Cesaro and Sheamus are the two two of the best performers on the roster. So I mean, putting the two together and just say, "Listen, boys, go and go for it," I think would be the smartest decision they've they've made in a long time. Right, that's that match then. We've all got the Bludgeon Brothers winning. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So we're moving on to our last match. It's the IC title match, and I skipped the US title match because I thought oh, well, one's on Raw one's on Smackdown it's, it's a foregone conclusion I've just noticed this is a four man match and two of the guys are on Smackdown do we see the title moving to Smackdown guys or is it staying on Raw I think it's staying on staying on Raw is Seth retaining it or is Finn Balor winning it to set up a feud with him and Seth Rollins I think uh, if I had put my money on it I would put my money on Seth retaining uh, this one I think it's too soon to take the title off him Um I think these guys will have a great match. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, I moaned a moment ago about the mixed brand of the the US title match. I'm going to contradict myself here to say because these four are, are amazing. The guys are going to have a great match. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, and, yeah, I think I'll probably steal the show. Uh, Quacko, does this stay in Raw? And if so, who gets it, Finn or Seth? See, see, like this actually creates an opportunity to switch the titles around, as in putting the Intercontinental and SmackDown and the US title on Raw now. If you think about it, yeah, but whether that's... that happens, you don't know. But um, I, I can see Seth, and with all that being said, I can see Seth still retaining it. See, my thinking is Seth didn't pin Finn at WrestleMania, and he didn't. If he wins a ladder match, he doesn't pin Finn again. And Finn can say, I beat you before. Uh, Strack, uh, Finn or Seth, and does the title stay on Raw? Uh, I'd, I'd say it's going to stay on Seth. It'll stay on Raw. Because I've noticed they're kind of trying to keep the traditional title, Intercontinental, on Raw. I'm quite surprised because I've, I've made a prediction for so long that they're going to put the Universal on SmackDown and make it blue and put the world title back to Raw, so it's kind of all your traditional titles on the traditional show, and then your non-traditional show 
Pure national titles. But I, I, I think it will be a really good match. There's a potential there for it to be the show, the match of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to make a prediction. There's going to be a curb stomp from the top of a ladder. Oh, oh! Because um, we've seen a skull crushing finale for the ladder. We've seen so there's either going to be a, a curb stomp or there's going to be a, a actual double foot stomp, a coup de gras from the top of the ladder. That's my two predictions at least. Well, there's one thing that I want to see. I want to see a battered and broken either Finn or Seth Balor start to do that. You know that slow climb. The wrestlers do up a ladder. The sort of climb that if you were walking in a building site and you done that, you'd be sacked. <laughs> I want to take one of them, and they're about halfway up the ladder, and the rampaging bull that is Samoa Joe runs up behind them, and Kikita clutches them and drags them after ladder. I'd love to. Uh, Joe's absolutely on fire at the minute. Uh, we'll just take a quick wee second. What's your thoughts on Joe at the minute? Uh, Quacker. The Samoa Joe, like obviously, he's just returned from injury. He has a. F- like it was assumed that obviously the injury came because it, it kind of sparked the momentum that he had. I mean, look at the f- fight he had with Brock Lesnar. Uh, he put a lot of effort in to make that match really relevant, in my opinion. So he really, for me, in terms of building up a match and building up a rivalry, he's really up there with the best. I would like to see an actual title on Jodo, whether it's the. Whether it's that title first, I would like to see him go straight to the top, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, that's a good uh, show. Uh, Strack, what's your thoughts on Joe at the minute? I, I really, I mean, I, I was a Joe fan since the X Division, but it was him, AJ and Daniels. And obviously people say, oh, this was 10 plus years ago, but if you watch some more Joe and Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles and the triple threat match for the X Division title, it's to, if you've not seen it, you need to see it. It's one of the greatest matches you'll ever see. Joe can move, and Joe has a lot. Uh, putting matches together, things today in sports, great ideas. So, it's the same again. It's, it's Joe can bring a lot to the table. And say, put, I don't think putting an Intercontinental title on him or putting the US title on him, I don't think it's really going to do much for him. I think it's going to have to be one of the big titles. And they're going to have to push them a lot more than what they're doing just now. Like, they can't just keep relying on the fans to kind of get them through. They mm-hmm. need to have a bit more invested in them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gary? Yeah, I think when Joe came back on, on Raw, the couple of promos, he, he, he's cut so far on both on Roman, the ones I've, uh, I'm thinking of, were, were fantastic. He, he's a sight for sore eyes, isn't he? He's fantastic. He's great. In the ring, he's great on the mic. He's a fantastic heel. It's interesting to see how over he is with the fans, considering you know some of the programs he's been in have not been the greatest. To be fair, um, to be fair, the match, the build up to these match with Lesnar was great. Uh, I see great things for Samoa Joe. I think the move to SmackDown is going to be really good for him, and I'm excited about some of the programs he could have on SmackDown. Well, the rumour that came out this week was that Triple H sees him as a top guy and a world champion contender, but Roman Reigns is the guy on Raw, and that Triple H wanted him away to Roman, so that's why he's on SmackDown at the minute. So I think if if they're moving you away for the guy who's going to be the top, in brackets, face on one brand, sending you to the other show, I think that's, I think that's only good for him. We've had a lot of fantasy booking... And I won't point fingers, but it's been mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth man in this match, The Miz. 
Now, do you remember that infamous Talking Smack promo? Yes. With Daniel Bryan. And he yes. lifted the Intercontinental Championship in Daniel Bryan's face and said, you promised the people you'd be back for this belt and you never came back. Does Daniel, we're talking about, maybe the titles could change again. Does Miz win and take it to Bryan? Feud with Bryan over the belt he never lost. No, it's just, that could be a shout, man. So it's, it is a good idea. It's got a lot of heat and backstory, kind of like the Gargano uh, Jackpot match. Um, <laughs> ah, you've got you've got the kind of similar build to that. So I mean, it's, it's it is a good idea. Uh, Quacky, do you think that could be a possibility? Uh, you can tell they are working towards it because they have referenced it when. The, uh, with the whole Superstar shake-up, there was a the whole thing of Daniel Bryan had one thing that he did before he left, and it was to ensure that Daniel uh, that the Miz came over to SmackDown. So, yeah. and, and it has it was only right that it has to continue on SmackDown. It couldn't happen on like Raw or anything. It has to happen on SmackDown. Yeah, absolutely, Gary. Do you think that's a possibility, or I don't think so, guys. Um... Do you think the belts are staying on the brands they came with. I think I think they are. We've seen that. Oh, and Raw and SmackDown immediately following the shake-up with the US title. I think if they do it again, it'll be a bit too much. Fair enough. So Gary thinks the titles are staying on both brands. Uh, Strike understand you had a fantasy booking idea. So this is obviously what I've seen today and I thought I thought it for a long time and I thought it would be really cool if they have either done it and pulled a trigger. Obviously, with Finn, we've not seen the Demon Finn in a long, long time. Yeah. So, with obviously the new Venom trailer being released today, mm-hmm. at this ladder match, if Finn suffers a severe concussion, he can't separate himself from the demon Finn. That's actually a good show. Like a split personality, mm-hmm. he'll sometimes come up and be dressed as a demon. If he does a promo, say, I'm here to look after Finn, he's not feeling himself, and then... He'll maybe do a promo or something, talk to him about it, and he'll go, what are you talking about? I'm knowing demon paint. And he'll kind of split the personality thing, and he will refer to himself and the demon as, like, we. Because, let's face it, the demon gimmick, the paint, is a rip-off of Venom. Yeah. So... Well, you, you look at my end scene, he done, he done a lot of comic book heroes, but his most famous one, when he first started doing it, was the Venom one. It was the Venom Carnage, so... And Venom I'm and a Carnage. massive Venom fan. I'm a, that's, that was my hero when I was growing up, is Venom. And if you think about it, get yourself kind of a wee bit of exposure on the back of something. That's a perfect way to do it. Suffers a concussion or falls off a ladder. Can't separate reality for the, for the fiction. And it's the perfect way to bring the demon back here, coming and gone basically with it, to make it. Because let's face it. The toys that WWE have sold to Finn, the most popular and rare is the Demon. Yeah, as as one of the ones. As soon as it's on the shelf, uh, it's right after the, it's right at the door again. I mean, I've got I've got the pop vinyl of the Finn Demon, and because I've got uh, whatever I've done at Comic Con, I've dressed up as I've dressed up as I done Finn Balor for Comic Con, which was quite funny. Mm-hmm. But the pop vinyl my missus got for me for Christmas wasn't cheap. And I was quite shocked that she actually bought it for me. But mm-hmm. people want to see that. And I think Mac Foley even said that. Less Finn, more Demon. Yeah. So well, he's... it's just kind of my fantasy booking you. The perfect way to lead into the storyline and have a kind of 
split personality. Well, yeah, I've, I've had about nine fantasy bookings tonight, so I can't exactly begrudge you one strike. <laughs> so it means to thank my guests, uh, Quacko. Thank you. Strack. Thank you. And Gary. Thanks, Russ. I've been Ross McLeod. You can follow the brand at Suplex Retweet, and you can follow us on Facebook, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We're live every Wednesday from half five on Strathclyde Fusion. Stay tuned. We've got an interview with Lionheart coming up on Saturday, and then next Wednesday we'll be doing King of the Ring 1999. So thanks to my guests again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia invites the world to witness history. Live from the beautiful city of Jenna, seven championships will be defended, including a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship and Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, a universal title rematch inside a steel cage. Neither of these superstars is leaving this match without a few scars. Plus, John Cena and Triple H go one-on-one and for the first time ever, 50 men, one ring, the greatest Royal Rumble ever.